I'm Michael Dunn, and you're listening to Oregon Rainmakers from KLCC Studios. My guest today is Ryan Hartle, General Manager of Willamette Pass Ski Resort. Hartle comes to the area for Mountain Capital Partners, which purchased Willamette Pass in October of 2022. A lifelong skier, Hartle talks about the uniqueness of Willamette Pass and what he and his team plan to do for skiers in our region today and into the future. Ryan Hartle from uh, Willamette Pass, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we start, what got you interested in in managing a, a ski area? Kind of t- tell us uh, how you got started in this in this, in this this business. Sure. Um, in a lot of ways, kind of a typical story, probably, of, of just uh, loving skiing. Got started at a small hill in Michigan where I grew up. Um, you know, 200 vertical feet, little team, little team mountain right in the city. And my parents uh, just wanted to introduce myself and my sibling to... You know, kind of like you do everything in your life once at the very least, right? You go horseback riding, you do this, you do that. They were they were very much that and just trying to introduce their kids to opportunities and see what stuck and what didn't. So I got the bug uh, for skiing at 13. Uh, I ended up working at a place called Apple Mountain there where I grew up in Saginaw, Michigan. Um, it's no longer an operating ski area currently, but uh, I ended up working there for a decade as uh, it was my first job while I was in high school. Um, started in a rental shop and then I just had a passion for it. Um, loved the people aspect, loved everything about it. It was the fun job for a while. I've had careers and I tell people now, if I was, if I was coaching an employee or somebody in the industry, how lucky I am to have the ski business be the career, even though I've done three or four different careers. Sure. Sure. You know, it still has that stigma of, you know, is it, you know, when are you going to get a real job? Well, <laughs> my goal is to never have one, but I really do have one. <laughs> that old cliche, if you love your job, yeah, exactly. you never work a day in your life. Uh, I, I got to ask, being a West Coast person and, and growing up, you know, in, in California with uh, Lake Tahoe region, what was it like? And, I, and again, I'll do deference to, to the wonderful people in the Midwest. What was it like <laughs> when you first saw what I would call real mountains? What was that like? Oh, I had traveled beyond that. Okay. I mean, I worked, a, I worked a year in in the mountains in New Zealand, you oh, know, okay. as a young person. Um, I, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I've loved everything about the ski business from little to small. I have a lot of respect for those small skiers because that's what gets, you know, people into the sport. Um, a little, a little fun fact. I always like to play a game, especially here in the West with, uh, with employees is, you know, what state has the most skiers and it's amazing the answers you get, but in reality, almost nobody gets that answer. It's New York. <laughs> you wow. don't think of it, but it is. Michigan is actually number two. There's a lot of hills there, but yeah, they're right. They're not real mountains, <laughs> uh, but there's a lot. There's still a lot of good skiing to be had. Well, so so, and again, maybe with you know, kind of a West Coast audience as we are here, and and that shocked me too when you just said that. What are some of the other than just obviously you know elevation gain? What are some of the differences between some of those hills you you worked on and 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 in in the Midwest and whatnot? I imagine it's it's a whole kind of different operation just because you don't have the vertical feet. So you have to kind of what is is it that they create more runs because people can get down them a lot faster than say something with a you know a, a twenty five hundred vertical feet drop or something like that. Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, it's it's all just you're providing what you can provide based yeah. on the population density, right? So no matter where you are, I mean, I would I would argue that skiing is completely different in Europe than it is here in the West. You know, the skiing in where where Mountain Capital has a lot of their uh, their mountains are in the Southwest. That's different skiing than it is here in the Pacific Northwest. But the point is, it's skiing. It's yeah. all fun. Yeah. Um. You know, New Zealand's going to be different than Austria, for an example. Um. 
of course, New England is going to be different than everybody has their preferences. And the point is we want to cater to all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, so tell us about, um, you know, you've kind of, you work for a, a large organizations, which manages many Hills. What, tell us about Mountain Capital Partners and, 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 and tell us about sort of how you've kind of grown with that company and, and, and what is some of the, what you consider sort of the unique properties of, of Mountain Capital Partners? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I had moved from the Midwest to Arizona Snowball and Flagstaff um, sometime before Mountain Capital Partners got involved there. Okay. So I was there during the transition um, to Mountain Capital Partners several years ago. So I've, I've seen everything, um, you know, both, both, I guess, the the positives and the occasional negatives as a company learns and, and finds its own edge and, and grows and develops people. Um, but I've, I've remained there purely because of their passion for the industry. The industry has been somewhat stagnant um, as far as overall growth. And we're real passionate about bringing skiing back to what we, you know, to real people, to real communities. Um, I think uh, one of the bad things that's happening in the, uh, well, we already started with it. The little mountain that I, I got my first bug skiing in there in the Midwest is no longer an operating ski area. And that's, that's really sad. I, I was touched by our, our owner, uh, James Coleman, who actually, when I told him that that was no longer wrong, he was, he was really hurt by that. Yeah. And it didn't matter that it was in Michigan. It, you know, he wants to, for lack of a better term, make sure ski areas are successful. And that's not from a profitability standpoint. That's, that's our belief in providing skiing and giving people the freedom to ski in every community possible. Well, let's, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. You know, what are, what are the biggest reasons why a, a particular ski area might, uh, close up shop? Is it, is it, is it surely just not enough people taking up the sport or continuing to, uh, to, to, to patronize that particular ski area? Is it, is it because of other factors like, maybe not enough snow or, or those sorts of almost factors outside of outside of the control of the managing organization. It could be any of the above. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the resorts are, are uh, family legacy resorts, right? Um, and whether the kids want to take over the business or not, that's, that's a potential. Um, some of it is weather related, depending on what region of the country we're talking about. Some of it is just purely the capital investment side that it requires to, to maintain ski areas. Um, you know, you're running a business that, that let's face it, isn't 65 days a year. Um, so there's, there's definitely, there's definitely hardships. Um, those hardships are what makes some of us have, have fun doing it because it's so dynamic, but yeah, it really could be any of those. Okay. Um, talk about the ski area you manage specifically. I mean, we're all very familiar with Willamette Pass, but, but talk about it in terms of, let's start that conversation with what do you think you know attracted Mountain Capital Partners to acquire Willamette Pass, and what are some of the what, what you consider the real selling points of 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 the area? Absolutely. So um, when I first got here to Willamette Pass, I I see what I would almost call unlimited potential of a way that we can serve the greater Oregon community and provide with our with what we've what we've done in other areas through MCP is. Um, just, just some of the tools we use, and we can talk about a little bit more in detail later. It, it's, it's really fun to be able to energize a community around certain ways we do things. So we, that's pretty well established in some of our regions. Um, and here, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, it's a whole new opportunity. It's, it's what I would consider for my you know, untapped potential to some degree. Specifically around when, 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 when you acquired Willamette Pass. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got, you've got. 
I guess, competitors just up the road in, in, in other ski areas. And, but you've also got, you know, obviously very close to a, a pretty good sized, uh, population for the kind of you know lane county uh eugene springfield and 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 whatnot um when it was acquired by mcp you know was some of your analysis the fact that you know you have a market that you can really grow because of the love of skiing and, and hopefully to attract younger younger people to the sport would did you kind of look at it in terms of your demographic analysis and say wow this is there's there's it, it's great that we're close we could do even better uh, amongst this market, yes, it's all it's all of the above. Realistically, of course, the demographic data goes into part of it. Um, it it's hard for me because I'm not the one actually acquiring those, right? I'm sure, actually sure. operating this, but um, there's there's definitely a ton of analysis that goes into it. I mean, Eugene, for example, is a is quite an outdoor outdoor community, and we fit nicely into that. And we just want to make sure that that we are part of the community and being able to serve outdoor recreation. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to take our first break. We're talking with uh, Ryan Hartle. He is the general manager for Willamette Pass and 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 and, and a member of the uh, Mountain Capital Partners uh, leadership group. We'll be back in just a second. I'm Barbara Dellenbach, host of KLCC's Oregon Grapevine. Trail Keepers of Oregon helps keep those trails you love open and accessible. Natalie Ferraro says the organization helps connect people to the public agencies that own the land. If we were to just have these agencies taking care of the trails, that would be one thing. But to be able to involve the community and have them have a sense of ownership and a sense of contribution to taking care of the trails that they love so much, I think really deepens that connection. Caring for Oregon's hiking trails on the Oregon Grapevine at klcc.org. And we're back talking with Ryan Hartle, general manager of Willamette Pass. So um, you've talked earlier about the, the company Mountain Capital Partners and, and a real ethos around around skiing as a passion. Talk about that culture and what you're what you're what you're bringing to Willamette Pass and and and, and how you know you're going to strive to make that hill, that mountain, that resort as as successful as possible. Sure, I think it's a unique perspective that that we bring to it. We are you know, for, for lack of a better term, a little more aggressive than a lot of resorts in the country or a lot of ownership groups. We believe, you know, first and foremost in skiing first. Um, we're passionate skiers. We want to ski every single chance we have um, from our owner right down to our frontline staff. And that that means every time we, we believe that, that's what we want to provide. That's what we can give to the community as well and give them the option to, to ski longer, to ski earlier in the season than ever before, to ski later in the season than ever before. Um, we that's it's a it's a outright passion for us to to be able to provide that well well, let's talk about that Uh, skiing as early as possible and as late as possible obviously you know sometimes unfortunately especially if you're running a such a weather dependent uh industry or business that's not always up to you but i mean what are some of the things that you can do to extend the ski season well, there's, there's many things, but a lot of it starts, it's not so much to extend the season. It's actually to, to build a base and, and provide skiing earlier. Okay. So a lot of resorts around the country wait for it to, to have a couple of our snowstorms and go from a zero to a hundred percent open purely because they just waited on mother nature. And that's when it's, um, you know, chances to be the most profitable. We believe in providing skiing every chance we get. And that means we don't look at it as, you know, if we can open one lift and one trail, that's what we'll do because we're providing skiing. Um, we realize that some people might wait until until later in the year, and that's totally fine. But we believe in providing the freedom for people to choose. Along those lines, maybe maybe talk about 
because uh, obviously manufactured snow is, is a huge topic in the industry, I imagine. And, um, you know, if you could talk a little bit about, obviously with, with, with weather being less predictable maybe than it was when you started in this industry, um, you know, and certainly for, for many of us know that it was, it was only a few, you know, a few years ago when during drought, you know, I don't, I don't think Willamette Pass was even able to open. So, so what is the strategy either today or in the future about when you might need to sort of supplement what mother nature provides? Well, we outright believe in supplementing, right? Um, a lot of skiers are required in order to operate to do that. We we have as Mountain Capital partners a lot of areas in the Southwest yep. primarily, so that's that's obviously um, something we focus on. And here it's it's going to be different for us in the Pacific Northwest, different weather patterns, different different everything. But at the same time, our our main mission doesn't change. We will be concentrating on more efficient snowmaking systems um, and and using those systems in the future to provide skiing as early as possible. Is there any? Could you give us a little, little, little maybe look into that? I mean, you know, I think most of us think of snowmaking equipment as, as simply just a big hose that 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 shoots out, you know, <laughs> water that gets frozen and then lands. Are there sort of newer technologies that you can talk about a little bit that 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 do make it a bit more efficient? Because I would imagine that's got to be one of your biggest costs is 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 the purchase of some snowmaking equipment. Then of course the water costs associated with the, the huge amount of water necessary. To, to make it snow. Yeah, of course, there's going to be quite a bit of costs. It's, it's definitely uh, one of the more expensive systems at, to operate a ski area. Um, however, it's, it's, it's vital if we're going to actually be able to provide some consistency. Um, of course, there's variations in weather. It's a, it's a hot topic, uh, you know, worldwide right now, sure. but um, there's, there's, a, there's also a lot more data into it and a lot more technology that goes into creating those systems that are a lot more efficient. Um, maybe take us through, um, you know, all of us who are skiers just know, you know, Willamette Pass, we, we drive up, we get there, you know, we buy our lift ticket, we go. Talk about, you know, from your perspective, what goes into uh, opening, what goes into, you know, the, day to, the, the, the daily activ- activities necessarily to run it successfully, to run it safely. Talk about all the different sort of moving parts that probably a lot of the public aren't even aware of when we go to, when we go to ski at Willamette Pass. Sure. It all starts with people, right? And that's why I'm here. It's, uh, it's the passion to have people realize that this, this is, a, is a fun environment to be in and it is a career path for, for several. Um, if, if you've got the people, you make everything work. There's there's a million moving parts, uh, just like any business. But like I said before, I'm, I'm completely surprised all the time that I get to do this for a living and how dynamic it is. Been doing this for for many many years, and it's still exciting and it's still uh, it's it's still great to just open the doors in the morning and and, and see a visitor with a smile on their face, uh, getting getting able to go skiing. Sure, sure. What are some of the steps that are necessary to to, to, to before that even happens? That 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 smile on the face. What is what does the staff do to open the mountain early in the morning, and what are kind of some of the things that are necessary, including including all the safety checks of the lifts, uh, you know, I don't with avalanche control, with concessions, with everything. Kind of if you could, sort of if if there's sort of a daily checklist of of how you get ready to open up. Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, it's it's every it, in so many areas. If you look at it, if you break it down to running a ski area is you know 13 different businesses all in one, for an example. If there's 13 different departments, you know the uh, grooming is going to do their work and their checklist completely different than uh, beginning to open lifts from parking, 
you know, the very first car that enters the parking lot to to the the person locking the gates at the end of the day to, you know, the rental shop uh, getting ready to serve the first customer concessions. You mentioned all that. So it's really running 13 independent businesses as one. Yeah, yeah. Take us through sort of, you know, kind of as, as the general manager, take us through kind of your leadership style. Obviously, you're a skier yourself. You grew up in the industry. I imagine the vast majority of people that you hire are, are people who love the sport. How do you kind of, um, you know, what is your sort of management style with regard to making sure that everybody's kind of moving in, in the same direction? Mm -hmm. Uh, again, it starts with people. So my management style uh, personally is just going to be allowing people to um, make their own decisions. Um, very, very much not a micromanager. Okay. Uh, a lot of it is we we, uh, we we coaching people to be in alignment with what what we see as moving in the right direction and giving them a lot of uh, a lot of bandwidth within those parameters. So I, I consider it, if I, if I have to make the decision, I'm doing something wrong. Hmm. Off, more often than not, it's a team decision or it's, it's, um, it's, it's just, it goes back to just growing people in general. So I spend most of my time with the staff um, and guiding them, I guess, just to move in the right direction. But, but that's not a defined line either. It's, it's just a direction. So there's certain parameters that we put on that, like our, our freedom to ski mission is, is in everybody can break that down to what are you doing for this particular guest at this day? And are you providing the freedom for that guest to ski? Whether that means looking at a, a credit policy, or if that means looking at uh, their individual circumstances outside of policy, um, if that means well, nobody's here, but I'm going to, in this particular part of the mountain, but I'm going to run the lift anyways, because that's what I do. I'm providing the freedom for the person to, to show up and ski this section of the mountain. Um, well, we're going to take our next break. We're talking with Ryan Hartle. He is the general manager from, for Willamette Pass. We'll be back in just a second. The car that I donated actually was my parents' car. It needed some work to be done on it, and it got to the point that the cost of the repairs was going to be greater than the car was even worth. So I decided to check with my dad to see if he agreed that maybe we should just donate it. Yeah, he was uh, pleasantly surprised to see that he got a tax write-off, and uh, he was happy that we supported public radio. Learn more about supporting KLCC by way of a vehicle donation at our website, klcc.org. And we're back talking with Ryan Hartle, general manager of Willamette Pass. Um, you know, the wonderful thing about skiing, obviously, in terms of just being a great sport is it's an outdoor sport and, and there's a lot of way in which sort of naturally socially distance. I did want to ask you, you know, obviously during during COVID, where so many other sort of indoor activities were completely shut down, was it a bit of a different picture from your perspective? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it changed the whole world, right, for the last couple of years. Um, and in retrospect, it changed the world probably for the better in many ways. If, you know, now we've, we've got the insight of, of kind of what we maybe should have expected a couple of years ago, but at the time we didn't, we didn't know. Sure. Um, the beauty of, of skiing and snowboarding is the fact that, like you said, it's an outdoor sport. You are, you are naturally distant, um, you know, fresh air all around you, things like that. But the, the constraints in different areas were, um, it did provide technology advancements within the ski industry that were, that were happening anyways, but they were vastly accelerated by 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 COVID, and some of those things would be a larger online presence, being able to buy your tickets in advance, um, you know, rentals, uh, all your products, lessons, 
um, right down to online ordering for food at some of our locations. Um, and then uh, direct to lift as well. So even looking at what maybe benefits the season pass holder had in the past of being able to go direct to lift once they had their piece of media, um, what was something we're doing here at Willamette Pass as of this year is reloadable media. So it, it looks like a season pass without your photo on it. Um, but once you activate that ticket for the very first time on your visit, any future tickets, as long as you use the same the same person with the same ticket number, it becomes kind of like a mini season pass. You can go to our online site at WillamettePass.com. You can buy future dates and that, that product will take you direct lift just as, you, as if you were a season pass holder. Sure, sure. And I got to imagine that's that, over the past, the intervening decades, that's got to be one of the, the, the biggest, uh, I think, boost in skiing is obviously for, for those of us of a certain age, remember, you know, you have to go to the, go, go, go to the ticket window, buy, buy your, your lift pass and, you know, there'd be a line and, and this, it's, it, it certainly seems like, uh, you know, now you've got a situation whether, like you said, it was because of COVID or maybe just COVID enhanced it was you've got a pretty robust website where people can do almost everything they need to do on, on, on the website so that they can just drive up their park and, and get ready to go and, and just get on the mountain as quickly as possible. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're interested in, in people being able to help themselves. Um, of course, we have customer service that's, that's always going to be willing and able to help um, when, people, when people choose not to. But we do believe in giving people even freedom to choose in those areas. So an example of that would be you've bought a lift ticket, a rental, or a lesson for any particular date in the season. And you always want to buy early and save with our platform. The sooner you buy for future dates, the, the cheaper the lift ticket's going to be. I mean, we have cheap uh, lift tickets as, as low as uh, $12 right now on our website for certain days. Yeah. Um, the closer you get, the more expensive they get based on demand. However, there is it's, it's essentially risk-free because any ticket you buy – or rental or lesson for that matter is creditable without seeing customer service up until midnight the night before your visit. So you can choose life, life changes. So that's part of the freedom we offer. You, you choose a date now for sometime in February. Great. you got a great deal. And a week later you realize, Oh, I got to be out of state for this, or I, I have this event or whatever else it is. You can do it yourself without having to contact our people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, obviously it seems like there's been a trend in, in the industry, and I don't even know how far far back it goes, but but certainly, you know, skiing is confined to when there's snow on the ground. But obviously, you know, it, it, there it's it Willamette Pass and other resorts. They're beautiful areas. They're beautiful access to the outdoors. And certainly, you've seen um, mountains are around the the country who who look and say, well, you know what. Maybe in the summertime, this could be a mountain bike trail, or maybe this could be zip lining, or all sorts of activities that can allow people to enjoy the mountain year round, and and also for an organization like yours to capture revenue year round. Uh, you know, have you have you started thinking about that in terms of 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 what you might be able to do year round, or or are you looking at sort of things that other mountains are doing that you think, hey, maybe in the future we might be able to do something like that. Yes, absolutely. It's definitely been a big trend in the industry to um, a lot of it is to actually retain um, employees all through the summer months. So that it's a more stable workforce. Um, but we are very much a skiing first company. Okay. So skiing is going to get all of our attention. Um, summer operations, we look at as how can we enhance the skiing experience by operating the summer? And that means what, whether that means retaining employees or whether that means uh, future uh, revenue to help build skiing product. Um, but that's the way it's looked at. Um, we we are very much interested in doing summer operations. I don't know yet at what, what time that will be. Um, there's been summer operations here at Willamette Pass in the past. Um, 
but we are very much interested in working with the community to help develop what will be a success here and be able to provide more opportunities for people to share in the mountains. Sure, sure. You know, speaking of opportunities. Every area is different when it comes to some yeah, operations. I Things that work well in some do not work well in others and vice versa. Sure. No, that, that obviously makes sense. You know, speaking of, of kind of opportunities, but, but also, you know, um, Skiing can be a fairly expensive sport, and, and, and certainly I'd love to hear kind of what are some of the things you either are doing or, or looking to do to try and attract, uh, you, know, you know, new customers, especially the younger customers, and ways in which to maybe, you know, expand your demographics. I imagine, and, and I could be very wrong, but I imagine the demographics of, of skiers tend to be probably middle to upper middle class, and, and whether it's Willamette Pass or as, as an industry in general, how are you looking to attract uh, uh, different audiences, different 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 segments of a demographic to... Michael, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it's something that's actually dear and close to my heart. Um, I do really care about that. I want to introduce more people into the sport. So some of the products that we're using that have just been introduced here at Willamette Pass um, is our Power Kids program. So 12 and younger, no strings attached, 12 and younger free season passes. Oh, wow. The parent doesn't have to be a pass holder. Literally any child 12 and younger gets a free season pass to Willamette Pass and all of the Mountain Capital Partners um, resorts. Uh, so that's that's huge. That's a, it's a it's a personal thing to me. It's, it's essentially it's a core value of mine and, and the companies to be able to provide that to kids. Um, we also have uh, variable pricing like we just talked about. Yeah. The tickets starting right now um, here at Willamette Pass tickets starting at $12. Um, so they're the the earlier you buy, the more you save there. I mean, twelve dollars you, you can you can barely go to a movie or anything else for twelve dollars, let alone a full day of recreation here on the mountains. Um, it's also that credit. It's also that credit policy. Life changes up until midnight the night before. Zero risk. Um, it's things like snow experience lessons. So that's a, that's a brand new offering that we're doing here at Willamette Pass, and that's that's free adult lessons ages thirteen and up. Um, certain certain times of the day, ten and one. And if you're new to the sport, we'd love to have you in a lesson. Buy any lift ticket at any price, and you can opt in for that free snow experience lesson. So the kids get free skiing, 12 and younger, and the adults have the opportunity for free lessons. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as that, kind of as we close, sort of the last question I, I'd ask you is, you know, a lot of people have been to Willamette Pass, but certainly a lot of people have not. What is your what is your pitch about Willamette Pass that you'd love to sort of sort of impart to people listening? You know, what's what's the in your opinion, what's the best thing about Willamette Pass for either the experienced skier or or the novice? Yeah, I think it's the honestly what struck me here, and I, I haven't been, you know, here in, in Oregon for all that long, so I'm still learning in myself, but I think it is a sense of community. Um, it's very much like we talked about earlier, it's very much an outdoor outdoor recreation uh, type feel to all the towns in and around Central Oregon. Um, people want to be in the outdoors um, and, and we want to be part of that. And as far as beyond that, it's the train here at Willamette Pass. It is, it is if you're if you're a, a good skier, it is the the uh, the backside. It is it is the steeps there at the top of of our, our high speed. Um, but the beginner train as well, even though Sleepy Hollow, um, it's it's a good progression train going from there to some other trails we have and then and progressing into the steeps. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan Hartle, I really appreciate it. it, it you know, Willamette Pass is, is certainly one of our community gems, and it's 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 uh, it's great to talk to you about all the all the things that that are offered there. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. That was our conversation with Ryan Hartle, general manager of Willamette Pass Ski Resort. 
While climate change and uncertain weather create challenges for the industry, Hartle believes that the best days are ahead for our area's closest ski resort. This has been the Oregon Rainmakers podcast on KLCC. I'm Michael Dunn, your host. Thanks for listening.